With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com slash insights. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series sponsored by Affiliated Monitors, which celebrates Affiliated Monitors' 15 years in business as the first entity specializing in independent integrity monitoring. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides independent integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in nearly 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit this podcast series sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. For this five-part series of everything you've wanted to know about monitors but were afraid to ask, I'm joined by Jay Rosen, the Vice President of Business Development and Monitoring Specialist at Affiliated Monitors. In this series, we introduce the role of an independent integrity monitor and corporate monitorships, discuss both the pre-settlement and post-resolution monitorships and their different applications. We list out some of the considerations a company should take in hiring a monitor and conclude with costs around monitorships, how to prepare for them and how to keep them reasonable. It is a great primer on independent integrity monitors and corporate monitorships. I know you will enjoy it going forward. In this part four, we take a look at some of the considerations a company should employ when hiring a monitor. This podcast series is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again with Jay Rosen, the Vice President of Business Development and Monitoring Specialist at Affiliated Monitors. We are in a five-part exploration of everything you always wanted to know about monitors but were afraid to ask. Today, we're going to take up the topic of some considerations when hiring a monitor. So, Jay, first of all, uh, welcome back. Thanks, Tom. Looking forward to uh, talking about the selection process today. Um, For all intents and purposes, the selection of an appropriate monitor can really make or break the entire monitorship program for your organization. To prevent a problem, a company needs to have a clear understanding of what it's trying to achieve with a monitorship. If you're at the end of an FCPA enforcement action, your goals may be considerably different than if you're attempting to engage in a pre-settlement monitorship. You also need to understand any government requirements in the post-resolution settlement. So in considering the monitor, after performing an initial self-assessment of your goals, you can move on to considering what the monitor will bring to the table. And here you need to specifically address the philosophy of each individual potential candidate. Is the monitor coming in simply to investigate the company? 
Will the monitor help the company to remediate, prevent, or resolve issues? A monitor who adds value will avoid the prosecutory gotcha mentality and instead will focus on remediation to help the company become a better company. The next line of inquiry is, can the company obtain maximum value from the expertise, independence, and viewpoint which the monitor will provide? In other words, what's the value the monitor will deliver to your organization? You should then ask, can the monitor help my business? Jay, how would you suggest a company or a chief compliance officer or really any variety of persons considering a monitorship assess monitorship expertise? You know, the question is more, from our, our perspective, the question is more uh, more than just being a subject matter expert and the narrow area of where the law is being applied, such as the FCPA, but it concerns being an expert in conducting monitorships. It's also more than simple cost effectiveness. It's how well will the monitor perform the work without disrupting your daily duties of what you do as an organization, whether you're in manufacturing, whether you're in selling. How will the monitor keep disruptions to a minimum? And expertise in monitorships would also include how to conduct an evaluation, how to create a work plan that is rigorous, yes, cost-effective, and how to socialize the work plan with the company and with the government. Jay, there's a variety of interests uh, in any company and in any monitorship. These interests can be a regulatory body, it can be a set of prosecutors, it can be the general public, it can be a board of directors, it could be the company. Um, perhaps even consumers uh, in an antitrust situation. But I was wondering if you could give some thoughts on how does a monitor balance the interest between what, frankly, might be competing stakeholders? Yeah, it's, uh, it's something that we're definitely keenly aware of. It's something that really comes up when we're interviewing and uh, being, uh, you know, participating in a, a process where we're being considered for the monitor. And as you just articulated, the monitors should have deep experience in balancing the interests of the government and the company that it is monitoring. Other necessary proficiencies include interview skills, the ability to conduct focus groups, data data gathering, and analytics are also critical. Finally, there's the writing of the report and communication of information to interested stakeholders. There's no value added if the monitor does not deliver a clearly written, factually based monitoring report at the end of the process. The report should make recommendations that logically flow from information gathered and are culturally appropriate for the specific company. Remember, there's no one-size-fits-all solutions for reporting recommendations. So talking about that balance, talking about being dispassionate, that we're in there, we are not doing the government's bidding, and we are not totally tied to the company. We have to really consider that position to gain the trust and be able to bring that value to our client and also satisfy the needs of the government. Jay, you spoke a little bit earlier about bringing value to a company, uh, but I want to now ask you to turn to something that I don't want to say it's a soft value, but perhaps it would be a non-monetary value. What's the value that you and affiliated monitors have seen 
when a, a true independent third party comes in and gives people a chance to talk, to raise their hand, to speak up, to raise concerns, how does that impact institutional justice or institutional fairness in a company? And why uh, do you see that as a value uh, for independent integrity monitors? Yeah, it, it's something really important that we, it, it's almost uh, amazing when you're in a focus group and you're you're in there with uh, folks of a company that have taken a misstep and how meaningful it is to them that bringing in somebody like affiliated monitors an independent uh, set of ears to listen to concerns. And we found that in working with companies, although this might quote-unquote be a soft factor, this benefit truly adds value to a company, to its employees. And it's the byproduct of the actual methods that monitors use to do the monitoring. The simple act of going into a company and talking to employees, performing surveys and conducting interviews, this alone can have a cathartic effect on the company's employees and on the mood and the morale of the company. So as I said, uh, we've seen it over and over again when employees see that the company cares enough to bring in independent assessors to ask for their opinion and ask them what actually works in the course of doing business and what doesn't work and whether their managers are creating an open environment to communicate issues, to report issues. This helps the company. This helps the employees. And as we know, better morale in the company improves the bottom line. Jay, I'd like to end with uh, some of your thoughts around the need for a monitor to be truly independent and truly conflict-free. I know we've used the phrase independent integrity monitor, but uh, it strikes me that that word independent is really critical for a company to assess when uh, considering a monitor. So I was wondering if you might be able to end today's podcast with some thoughts on the true the need for true independence and true de-conflictedness. Well, that certainly is something that we strongly believe in. We feel it's important because if not, then the value of the findings as well as the value of the entire effort can be a risk. And we've seen this time over time in organizations that bring in monitors that they may know within their broader organizational structure, or they might have a conflict with the industry with that company. And any company faced with the selection of a monitor should run a thoughtful and diligent process. By employing this type of deliberation, the company will make sure to understand not only its goals, but also the value the company will obtain by working with the appropriate monitor. So, you know, several times over this last segment, we've talked about independence and, you know, having uh, basically an open mind when we're dealing with these situations and we're dealing with companies. And again, we've talked about before first impressions, and this really is important because it's having a lasting impression upon the company and their workforce that if you're coming in, you're not coming in with a presupposed agenda and you're looking at the people, you're looking at the facts. And if you can give a dispassionate view upon what has happened and more importantly, what needs to happen to help the client move forward. This independent and conflict-free perspective really can make a difference.
Jay, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time today, but I've been visiting with Jay Rosen, the Vice President of Business Development and Monitoring Specialist at Affiliated Monitors. I hope you'll join us tomorrow for our fifth and final episode where we take a look at really a question I think many people are afraid to ask, and that's around cost of monitorship. As do I. Thanks, Tom. This is Tom Fox again. I hope you'll join us tomorrow for our concluding episode, part five, where we discuss the issue of cost when retaining a monitor. For additional reading, see Jay Rosen's article, What Issues Should a Company Consider When Hiring a Corporate Monitor, which is found on Corporate Compliance Insights. Also, for more information on affiliated monitors, check out their website. Both Jay's article and the affiliated monitor website links are found on the show notes for this episode. This special five-part podcast series has been a presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.